Welcome back to the Freedom Footprint Show, a Bitcoin philosophy show with Knut Svanholm and me, Luke the Pseudofin. Today, our guest is our friend Giacomo Zucco, toxic Bitcoin maximalist, entrepreneur, and educator. In this episode, we discuss various topics such as personal bias, tribalism, being politically correct, and the role of maxis in the future of Bitcoin and the world. Before we dive into all this, just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to stream us some sats or send us a boost on a value-for-value podcasting app like Fountain or Breeze. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like the episode, subscribe to the channel, and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Today's sponsors are Orange Pill App, Wasabi Wallet, and Consensus Network. You can find information about them in the show notes, and we'll talk a little more about them later. And now, without further ado, Giacomo Zucco on the Freedom Footprint Show. Hey, Luke, uh, and hey, Giacomo, one, one of my favorite people in the entire Bitcoin space is on the show tonight, Mr. Giacomo Soko, the man whose toxicity level is somewhere between Alice Cooper and Britney Spears. And he has upgraded his beautiful Bitcoin wall with the, the, the nice little, um, the cover for Citadel 21 magazine issue two, I, I believe I have yeah. one myself. Number 13. Yeah. I have number 11, I think, not entirely sure, but where are you? Where are you on the, on the cover? Can you point, point me out? Are you next to uh, me? That, uh, I should be. Yeah. 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 To you, next to you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, just, uh, yeah. 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 And who's that next to us? It's, uh, Katie, the Russian, right? Yes. Should be Katie with the skateboard. Yeah. Yes. I, I've seen her uh, do pods with that thing in the background as well. I love it. It's so good. The, uh, yeah, I sold my house in Sweden, by the way, now I'm doxing too, way too much, uh, as always, but, uh, the new owners wanted to buy that, but they couldn't, I mean, they can have the house, but you can't have that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Houses, houses are not stops. No, no, no exactly. Houses are shit. You, price, you can but, print uh, houses. Exactly. You can print houses. So how are you, Giacomo? How, how are you doing these days? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, not uh, going around as they used to because of the second little uh, heat, but yep. uh, but I plan to start again next year. And uh, I think we will spend a few months in Salvador, so we are also moving to more tropical location, but subtropical in your case. But uh, we have so plenty to run. Oh, nice. Uh, and and you flew to El Salvador when that kid was really really young, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fine. Then, uh, my middle was uh, four more as old, and uh, he did uh, four Bitcoin conferences for more because he did uh, uh, basically uh, not Riga. Yeah, Riga was alone, but he did uh, Amsterdam, Lugano, yeah. Viareggio, and Sassanova. Oh, that's fantastic. Milo Satoshi for the win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. So, so, uh, so. What you're up to these days is mostly being a father, then I guess. Um, I, more than more than another peers, but still I'm trying to accomplish something outside because I'm as father. I'm 
partially redundant because the matrix. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. I'm sorry, that. I mean, genitor A and genitor B uh, as a, yeah, so I identified father, I am less important, but I am important. But oh. I'm, oh. I'm writing a book, uh, which is something that you, uh, I told you years ago already, but now the public, defending publishers actually started, started to blackmail me and to send like uh, several horse uh, heads uh, to my house. Uh, so I so think it's again going. Happy to hear that. Uh, we all love uh, severed horse heads. So, so you're finally getting some peace of mind to write then, I, I, I take it. Not more than oh, an hour a day, Frank, but I tried to no. definitely with that. I and think, then, yeah. I'm yeah, not consultancy, so mostly it's a fierce blue bank. I mean, orange peeling a few new banks. Uh, there's a new cycle where there are a few new clients that are interesting. And I'm uh, uh, doing uh, education programs mostly. I'm helping the El Salvador education program. Uh, I'm doing something with the Lugano's University. So um, education, consultancy, writing, being a father, and of course, the most important of all, shit posting on Twitter and on Nostr. Oh, so Nostra, now yeah. I, I try the shit post, shit post space. So I'm a busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must take up all of your time. I, I, I have not yet hopped on to Nostr for that very reason. Uh, <laughs> Save your time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's the time management thing. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, my, my boy told me today that, uh, he is going to uninstall TikTok. Uh, that's good. He that's had good. TikTok installed and he has now realized that it's Chinese malware and that it's bullshit and it's stealing his life. So he decided to uninstall it. So I'm a proud father today. It's a little drug. So very, very good. It stuff. is. Yeah. yeah. Twitter is, uh, is similar to us well, in a way, but, uh, like a written text instead of videos is lower intensity is probably less immersive. So I can shit post while I do other things. While not trying to watch videos while you do other things. Very, uh, it's a totalitarian kind of interaction when you have audio and video all focus on one thing. Very, very fast all day. It's very uh, attractive and very seductive and very addicting. I know. The few times I've, you know, hopped into those on YouTube or whatever, and like looked at, at some of those reels, I sound really old now. I, I realized that, but once I do that, it's, uh, you can feel it. It's very hard to stop because it's dopamine hit after dopamine hit. It's, it's really, and uh, yeah, for kids. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at some, uh, I used to get lost as a YouTuber, uh, rabbit bones many years ago. But if you look at those videos now, they, they, they look so slow and boring and easy to get, get out of the compute, yeah. the, the frequency and the, and the speed of yeah. this. So the, 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 the short version is very, very key because before you can start to think, okay, maybe it's one hour I'm, I'm looking at ancient pyramids on Mars. It's fun, but maybe I have to get something done that you, with, with, with reels, you cannot because before you finish your Immediately no. entering something, something different, something else. So it's not yeah. really engineer to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And they suck you in. Like, uh, I didn't see it until I watched it 15 times, dot, dot, dot right. and stuff yeah. like that. It's just horrible. Yeah. And the attention span is shrinking for everyone. Like to say Nostra so far is not really, I'm joking about that, but it's not really a time wasting platform. So you you can, you can lower your, your fear for now, at least. 
because uh, the selection of people is very, I see now, very low noise. Again, if it not will work, that would change by definition. We will, we will have noise because we will have people. But so yeah. far, the selection is very, very high quality. Yeah. Yeah. I need to hop onto that any day now. Uh, sorry, I had, I had something more. One, the reason I'm not really shit posting on Nostra that, uh, that much is that uh, this selection of people has uh, basically prevents me from uh, fighting and uh, everybody's a little bit too much like that. So we do fight maybe about ordinance and stuff, but not very much. So then this pre-selection makes so that I cannot get dopamine out of yelling at people, which was, was an important process on Twitter. So I, I, I'm saying that Nost is safer on that point of view as well. So you're saying that, uh, uh... Noster is a social network that is a protocol that is filled with nice, clever people. Uh, so far, because that, it was uh, like the, 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 the pioneers that are uh, uh, storming with it. There is no direct incentive for scammers to join right now. It's never going to take off then. <laughs> I, I hope it's not limited. I hope I make it stupid enough. To, to, yeah, yeah, to we, we can, I can join and we can f try to fill that hole. That's make you. a stupid argument <laughs> about something. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what was the thing I wanted to talk to you about? Yeah, our, our, our old Venn diagram. You remember that? Yeah, uh, the science, the science one. The yeah, pro science versus yeah. Yeah. What was that? It was three circles: uh, academic research, deductive reasoning, and bro science. Precisely. Yeah. And, yeah. and that you have Bitcoin in the middle because it it fills uh, it, it, all three circles uh, in the Venn diagram. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, trade-offs are that basically in academics, you have a lot of uh, data, so you don't have some bias. You can, uh, you can find causality easier because you have these big numbers, you go across uh, nationalities and, uh, and history. So you have a bigger picture uh, and you may have some kind of sound, rigorous scientific reasoning, may have at least in a healthy academic kind of uh, stuff. Yeah. But you don't have uh, like personal feedback, so you cannot trust that there is not a hidden agenda, that there is not some bias or something like that. In like the birth science, you have uh, I trust because something which happened to you or to your friend that has no reason to lie to you, but yeah. you have a very small sample, so it's easy to delude yourself. And the first principle is the safer kind of deductive reasoning, reasoning because it's a thing that you can check yourself because it's part from first principle, but the the bandwidth, the calculation that you need to turn a first principle into useful stuff is so huge. So the, 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 uh, like computational irreducibility of the complexity compared to the first principle is so high that often it's useless. So, or at least it's practically useless. Some of the things you can reach from first principle. Yeah. And I, I think that this is a very. The thing I like so much about that diagram and the, like our, our discussions about it, it's like people need, uh, a, a way to filter out noise and see signal in the world and pu a pure academic research source, quote unquote, scientific worldview does not do that to it. it it's, it's not sufficient for people to find the actual signal because academic research is so full of noise these days since it's been so politicized and like hijacked by political. I, I guess it was always political to some extent, 
but but these days it seems like it's it's gone totally overboard in in very many countries with uh, you know political agendas uh, steering the whole thing and yeah. as people not not being able to say actual you know to to show actual scientific results because they don't fit into that political box at that specific time and it's just tragic to see so so we need something else and and but of course my favorite rabbit hole is deductive reasoning and praxeology and first principles thinking because it can it it can provide you with a lens that that is very much needed in order to find what's wrong with academic research but then we have bro yeah. science and bro science is it's sort of like grandmother's medicine is in the same category like oh you have a cold you should take this herbal tea here that i made because it's been working for centuries and my favorite example of the bro science thing is the seed oil theory because it sounds very good like a seed oil is there to protect the seed from the human in, from the intestines of the of the animal that the seed is going through so therefore it's not there to protect the animal at all it's protect, there to protect the seed i guess that's the basic idea behind why seed oils are bad but to my knowledge there are no real you know scientific empirical evidence studies around seed oils and why they're bad it's just that people have you know found this to be uh, uh a, a very compelling well, argument compelling yeah. and somebody mad managed to try on themselves on themselves and yeah. on a very small sample on a very short period but still with very high trust because you trust yourself you are not you're not uh, uh, trying yeah. to, to fool yourself at least not normally or a similar thing for carnivores, actually. There is yeah. a lot of people that say carnivore that because I feel better. But one of the most, uh, one of the original arguments was uh, a first principle derived um, evolutionary argument. So the, the idea was uh, uh, the 10,000 10, year, barrier 10,000 years that go from the beginning of uh, agriculture to now are not enough for your body to change after a couple of millions evolving, probably eating. Uh, as a large animal, a large animal meat. But then, of course, the, 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 the thing with first principle is that there's, when you go into complexity, there is a lot of possible nuances. For example, uh, sure, the, your body can change in 10,000 years very much, but your gut flora can. So that's one of the reasons when you start carnivore diet, most people get sick for a uh, carnivore, uh, basically, keto fever for the first uh, uh, weeks because. Uh, all your gut flora, which has been evolved uh, in, even less than in a few years, actually, uh, gut flora evolves a lot. And now you will have a gut flora attacking your intestine because they don't take sugar anymore. So you have to, uh, to kill them all and to replace it with uh, amino acid based gut flora. So there are a lot of nuances that first principles and alone cannot actually bring to you. For example, my wife noticed that uh, for her, uh, from a broad uh, sister science from a point of view, a sister science, uh, she was not feeling uh, good on pure carnivore. And, uh, and if you research, you may end up thinking that maybe the hunter-gatherer society did create some evolutionary gap between the male and uh, the male uh, body, which is more oriented to hunting, and the female one, which is more oriented to gathering. So berries and honey, of course not. Not a thousand, not uh, like thousands of processed sugar. 
but maybe some honey, some berries, more. Some vegetables. Yeah. Maybe. Or some vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, well, we don't know, but yeah, the, the, the first principle is my favorite as well. But uh, yeah. I acknowledge that you cannot arrive, you cannot arrive everywhere. You cannot, uh, you cannot basically uh, find a conclusion for everything. What you can do is rule out inconsistency, which is very yeah. powerful. So you cannot exactly say what's going on, but you can say that what they are saying you is going on is definitely not going on because there is a logical inconsistency in the question. Yeah. 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 That's why I love Hans Hermann Hoppe's argumentation ethics so much. Uh, like yeah. that, that, that was a real eye opener. But let's yeah. not, let's not go there just yet. Yeah. I was thinking of the, uh, the bro science and the deductive reasoning, because with, especially with diets and stuff that has, has to do with your own body and your own beliefs about what's good for you and what's bad for you, that is also very prone to, to placebo and nocebo and all of these effects that like, if you truly believe something is good for you, it's actually better for you than if you don't believe it. So like that there are the, 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 uh, and w which is also why, why like all these theories about diets and stuff are so all to be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, everything should be taken with a grain of salt because that's also dietary. Yeah. That's it's also the, a very, the best dietary <laughs> advice is a grain of salt to everything actually, because, uh, it, and it's so personal because everyone's gut flora is different and uh, it's it, it has to do with your sex and what you would with what your gut is used to eating and and also what you believe has plays a big part in it too so it's it, it's a very tricky you know noise to signal water to navigate uh, uh there's no real beacon uh, telling you that this is correct or bacon or bacon yeah the, the beacon is bacon probably uh, well, it would be to, to, to side on the other side of the argument uh, and play devil's advocate for, for a while. It's also true, though, that probably diet is a very, speaking about the first principle of mental models, is a very parity and discuss. So to get the perfect diet for you, probably you have to go through a lot of uh, nuances, a lot of details, a lot of personal things, uh, genetic things, uh, uh, lifestyle things. Uh, uh, sex things or stuff like that. Uh, sex, sex things is the sense of, of, of your, of your specific sex. Sex, and, uh, sex is a, is a very important, crucial part to any diet. Yes. Yeah. But if you don't want to go to 100% and you just want to go to 80% of something better than the, the mainstream poison, probably you can. So even if it's super theory, just like uh, avoid grains. Is probably going to do the 80% of the work compared to a mainstream diet. And then in order to go to perfect fine tuning, you will need to, to research a lot on yourself and your genetic traits and, and, and your gut flora and the kind of food you're buying and everything. But I, I also appreciate that's like a little bit like maximalist in general. Slogans can be helpful because some things are so, some attractors are so strong. Then if you go with this vlog and you can cover at least 8% of the stuff with a low damage approximation. And only if you really add to do to 100% because you are an athlete or you are sick, you have some kind of illness or you have to uh, super perform, then you can go to the remaining 20%, which would take 80% of the effort to, to discover. 
So, uh, you, you know, I mean, avoid cigars and just eat steak and drink water is probably going to go to the best, uh, better than the, 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 the state appointed expert uh, food triangle, uh, for sure, 80% better. Then if, if you really want to reach the, 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 the full average, probably you have to, uh, to read research and uh, filter out a lot of personal biases uh, like placebo effects or, or a lot of other stuff. We'd just like to mention a couple of our show's sponsors, things that we care about and that we think are useful to Bitcoiners. First up is the Orange Pill app. Download the Orange Pill app today from the orangepillapp.com. Yeah, Orange Pill app. Woo! Rocket ship, get on board. It's available for iOS and Android. Stack friends and meet like-minded people near you. Connect with your favorite Bitcoiners and speed up hyper-Bitcoinization. We're really excited about the Orange Pill app and its potential to connect Bitcoiners in their local area. Download the Orange Pill app. It's not a dating app, but you can use it for dating. Download now. Next up is Wasabi Wallet. It's a great desktop wallet that has privacy by default and CoinJoin built in. It recycles your UTXOs around so that no one knows who you are after it's done the process. Check out wasabiwallet.io. Make sure that that's the actual link you check out because there are scammers out there who want to steal your Bitcoin. But it works in the background. Tor is built in. And when you send coins to it, the coins you take out are private. So download Wasabi Wallet today. I'm wearing these shades in tribute to Wasabi Wallet because your OPSEC is important. So I'm totally anonymous now, just so you know. Speaking of personal biases, this, this is something I've been wanting to pick your brain on for a, quite a while about, you know, the meme, I support the current thing with, uh, you know, five, five booster shots and the Ukraine flag and, uh, the rainbow flag and whatever's, whatever the flavor of the day is. Uh, I've noticed in the Bitcoin space that as a group, Bitcoiners are very prone to do a, I, I reject the current thing. Like, uh, instead of, instead of like having a nuanced approach, it's often just, we've realized people realize that what the government says is a lie. So automatically they take the opposing position and take the conspiracy theory to be true. And I, I, I think my, my intuition says that the there's a lot of lazy thinking here and, uh, Bitcoiners on a whole are, are, you know, uh, at risk. Now I'm talking about Bitcoiners as a group, which is, which is wrong in so many ways. I know that, but, but, uh, many Bitcoiners are, are like at risk of falling into that trap of doing the lazy thing and just taking the opposite to be true. Uh, when they realize that something the government says is, uh, is a lie. And, and therefore, like you, carnivory is a good example. It's like uh, uh, they, there's a pendulum effect in humanity that when there's too much of something, so when there's uh, too many blue-haired lesbian vegan ladies uh, promoting left-wing ideologies, uh, we all turn to Andrew Tate and uh, we buy gas guzzling uh, pickup trucks and this uh, and guns and get tribal tattoos and start doing push-ups. Uh, uh, wasting time on push-ups eight hours a day, and like, what do you do? You see a risk here in the Bitcoin space, or like, what what what's your experience with this? And the, like, uh, uh, yeah, I I do see it again. I would apply the same argument as before. So we live in a particular time in which uh, I I think that uh, mainstream bullshit uh, reached such a level of nonsense 
that even uh, exceeding on the other extreme by a pendulum, by cephalos per pendulum effect, is probably safer than. So it's not symmetric. It's not like being an epinormy is not symmetric with being an excessive lazy contrarian. Probably you are better off being a lazy contrarian than than the normie at this point. Yeah. Of course, uh, the, the, the the second good argument is that some meet corner and not not all of them, but some big corner still tried to uh, to use the the first principles approach together with the simple contrarian heuristic. So even if you argue with Bitcoiners, for for example, I I I do not support the current thing in the terms of uh, COVID lockdowns or stuff like that. But I do kind of support the current thing uh, when talking about the Russian war, which is not very popular among Bitcoiners. And yep. if I and if I fight with the Bitcoiner about that, the good thing is that we will mostly try to go beyond the heuristic using first principles. So I will tell them. You know, uh, the, the points that uh, you need uh, to defend uh, uh, independence from a bigger state addressing the other one because that's better. And they would say, yeah, the what about Donbass? That's a smaller state aggressive by Ukraine. I would say, yeah, that's a good argument. So, so we can try to use the contrarianistic as a start. And then we can probably try to use the first principles uh, in order to navigate the when contrarianism fails. Of course, uh, the, uh, the that depends on the time you have for discussion and the bandwidth. So if you are, if you're just trying to cheat cost and means, there's no space for that. And means can get uh, in the trap of being uh, wrong because uh, the heuristic uh, of being contrarian is wrong. But among Bitcoiners, I still see a lot of effort to actually try uh, to drill down why was my heuristic wrong in this case or, or not or something like that. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, uh, about the Ukraine war, uh, it's funny that you'd mentioned that because that's one of the things where I tend to disagree also. And I see most of the, the people, the thinkers that I really respect, they, they, they do not take the opposing view. They, they realize that when, when Sean Penn gives his Oscar statue to Zelensky, Sean Penn is the bad guy, not Zelensky necessarily in, in comparison. I mean, and, uh, yeah, they, they, it's, of of course, aggression against another state is is horrible. Um, by the way, have you especially if it's a bigger state? Because I mean, yeah, if, uh, if the bigger it is, the world's going to aggress Switzerland to get more independence, or for Liechtenstein. So it's also the, it's also symmetric in terms of size and, and influence, in my opinion. Also, but yeah. of course, I'm biased because people tell me that I look like Zelensky. So in this case, perhaps <laughs> just depends on aesthetic bias. No, you look like Britney. Uh, the, uh, uh, well. Uh, oh, I have to ask you, have you seen a film with Peter Sellers from the 60s called The Mouse That Roared, when no. you mentioned Liechtenstein? It's about a fictitious, small uh, European state. You'd love this movie. So it's Peter Sellers, and he's the king of this country, or I don't remember if it's the king or what, what, what he's doing in the country. But the point is, they realize that they're poor, they're dirt poor, and they're in the middle of Europe, and they're a small kingdom, and they realize that all countries that have been at war with the U.S. have have after the war uh, received a lot of uh, you know relief money for, from the U.S. Like empire. Yeah. So they decide to send uh, uh, to use a uh, a steamboat to send over twenty archers to take the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so so they take the steam uh, steamboat across the Atlantic, 
but this small army of 20 archers who is doomed to fail to get their hands on some bomb and actually manage to take the US. And then they're in a moral dilemma. Uh, you'd love that movie. Uh, I think it's right up your I, I will. I will watch it. Uh, it's a bit slow because it's from the 60s, but the, but the premise is so good. But there are other, not just for us, but like another example where I think that our risk may fail as a group is that recently I was discussing about this uh, um, uh, sec, uh, uh, Gary and uh, Gary Gensler, uh, maximalist pronunciation, like Bitcoin is not security, everything as is, uh, which is getting some, some Bitcoin store just like glorify the SEC as something good because it will fight the scams or yeah. the legal security, which I think is a very, uh, it's a very uh, fallacious approach because a centralized mafia telling people you cannot buy these, otherwise I will hurt you is not the best way to explain people why this is stupid and this will hurt you. Prohibition or alcohol or shitcoin or weed or gambling sex, yeah. is yeah. gambling or whatever is never a good solution for education. You actually, uh, you, you get counterproductive effects in the long term. And still recently, just actually, just today, I had some fight about uh, uh, the governor, the governor of Florida, uh, basically uh, uh, stopping Disney Corporation from running Disney World in Orlando as a sovereign state. So it was it was basically flexing the fact that finally Orlando is back to the state of Florida. No, they will pay taxes. I will put the government appointed officials to oversee the board of this land and they are not sovereign anymore. And a lot of Bitcoins are like cheering that finally, uh, the, this is uh, finally keeping uh, this Disney penophiles in check. But the problem is that as a general principle, we used to understand the, the whole pain point about fragmentation of our enemy and the institutional competition, the argument from the, um, from the uh, sovereign individual that the, it's better if our enemy is fractional and competing and it's better to have more than one. It's more chaos, but it's also more opportunity to circumvent violence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And uh, you're totally right about the sec. Uh, it, all, all that leads to it's It's like the war on terrorism or the war on drugs. It leads to, it creates these... Uh, um, Pablo Escobar types in the long run, I guess. And uh, in the crypto space, I guess it's going to create more SBFs. Um, I, I don't know what they will look like. Probably they look like clowns, but in another way than he did. Uh, but but it's it's not going to solve the problem. Uh, prohibition is never is never the way. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and it's I, a great difficulty to me between supporting or supporting the bank. I can yeah. despise the X. But also despise the threat, the people threatening violence. Yeah. At the same time, and it's completely consistent. Yeah. The, the, the abortions come to mind. You, I mean, you can hate hate them, but still be uh, of right. the opinion that it should be up to the woman to do them or not. Yeah. Even if you yeah. are making probably one of the most controversial parts of the case of this case, because most, not, not all, but many abortions. Uh, prohibition defenders are not using the argument that uh, the woman should not do it because it's bad for her. So it's some kind of paternalistic prohibition, don't do it because it's bad for you, but actually because it's bad for the baby. So 
as yeah, they yeah. are trying to just put it, they, they are trying to rebalance the, the borders between that two property rights, which are in direct call. So I would see abortion topic closer to the typical discussion about the two people yeah. climbing a mountain and so, uh, cutting the, um, the, the tether what somebody falls. So it's, it's a little bit more complex than just, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, paternalism. Maybe, maybe it's a bad example, but, but it came to mind, uh, as yeah, please sure. do. It is uh, an example. It's an extreme example of, but of the, basically the same argument, but. Yeah, but even if, uh, as a, as a somebody who sympathizes with the pro-life for uh, a libertarian argument, still, I could even say that even if I think that uh, abortion should be probably stopped from the point of view of property right defense, still, I don't think the federal government would be the best uh, actor to do no, that. No, exactly. could not. So it would be an effective and maybe it would be accusing. So I could even sustain a position in which, yes, this is uh, thing that is violating the non-aggression principle, but still, I don't want the government agency able to look no. into the users of a woman or able to stop them from doing it, which is still is consistent. Like uh, a child abuse is something terrible. Nobody can not um, agree that it's terrible, but I don't want the government with cameras inside any, uh, any house in order no. to know if they're doing child abuse and I don't want the government to kidnap and interrogate children you know, well, that's going on. So one thing is thinking that something should be prohibited in theory. And one thing is, uh, is defend a general police state in order to, to enact the provision, which is completely a different thing. Absolutely. And uh, this is where, what so many people get wrong, like all, all these virtue signaling on, on social media, you see people post something about their opinion on a certain issue. And it's always, this should be prohibited or this should be prohibited, but they never ask the follow-up question, uh, who, who should decide on if, uh, on the prohibition, like a, a camera in each kid's room is child abuse. Like if you have yes, the sir. government's eye in your, in that is, I, I, if that's not the definition of child abuse, I don't know what is. So yeah, you, you create the same thing you want to prevent in prohibition usually. Like uh, you, with, with war on drugs, you created the FBI as one of the most powerful drug and a water in the United States. And you always have a, a, yeah. basically a contrarian effects from what you want. Whenever you, uh, you, you try to pick the shark, which should be something clear to Congress, generic framework, just mental model <laughs> of, uh, uh, low term preference. Like if you yeah. want the shortcut, something that magically solves the problem right now with superpower for being, usually there is something wrong with that. What you have to seek is the long term, uh, high, uh, low time preference approach where you actually solve things uh, organically. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard somewhere that the difference between a c drug cartel and a government is that the drug cartel, at least the drug cartel doesn't force you to take their drugs. It's voluntary it's to buy them. That's true. That's true. It's yes. like, uh, like a Bernie model and the social security forces key. So social yeah. security, most, uh, most uh, current national states is a literal forces key from the specific literal mathematical point of view. But Bernie model was running a policy, but was not forcing you to invest oh. in his, uh, his fund, was even pretending not to want your money. And then he was just not telling you the truth about the investment mechanism. 
You know, governments with social security, they are running about investment returns because it's just unsustainable, because it is the Ponzi scheme and they, they arrest you if you don't pay off the, the Ponzi scheme, right? So it's way worse. Yes, <laughs> of course. And, but this is what's so hard for people to grasp because they still believe that the, the government is, uh, you know, no, there's, even though there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary, they always believe to some extent that the government is on their side, or at least that their intentions are good or something. And, and, and intentions are such a non-secondary, like the government's intention doesn't, doesn't matter if the, if the, if the system doesn't matter. And we can, we can, from first principles, figure out that taking other people's stuff will always lead to, to worse results than, than, uh, than letting people do things by their own free will. Uh, yeah, but before before the recent years, I was convinced that the most the reason most of the people were less legitimizing state intervention, even when it's obviously hurtful and not helpful, was because of uh, uh, state mythology indoctrination, like uh, you know the, you are you are taught in school about mm -hmm. democracy and the will of the people, and uh, and before the government there was anarchy and everybody was dying. So there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of that. But what I've seen in the recent years is that there is a lot of that, but there's also the even more primal program of people really wanting a shortcut and people wanting power as a shortcut. So, and so if you, if you say you cannot solve this problem like this because it will not work, the counter argument is yes, but what do you do? You cannot do nothing. So you don't want to do the COVID lockdowns <laughs> uh, because it doesn't make sense. It hurt people. Yeah, but then what do you do to nothing? So there is this, uh, this idea that uh, inaction is terrible and that yeah. you need some sort of drop should have an easy pass solution. And uh, usually this easy pass solution is power. So in, the, in this territory, power takes the, 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 the shape of the modern nation states and the po politics and nation state politics. But it, it's even deeper than that. If there was not a nation state, Maybe people would just, uh, uh, would just afford some kind of theocracy or local warlord, but somebody that can take a shortcut, an easy way out of the problem, which is a, a general fundamental problem. I, I wonder what the evolutionary, like, origin of that will to, to succumb to a leader comes from. Uh, what, what, I, I guess it has had something to do with groups being able to survive wars and stuff by being yes, yes men to, to this horrible leader. Uh, so why it's, while it may have been of detriment to the individual, it might have had some, some evolutionary group advantage. Uh, it's what? hard to tell or, or I maybe like group, group cohesion and a hierarchy are very natural evolutionistic trait that has people because yeah. you can work together, division of labor, and even here, so asymmetric division of labor, where there's somebody better at something, so you will just take orders because it just works better. Especially in emergency, like in war, you need the general to just keep order and people just follow. So as a general trade, it works. Uh, but I think that what what is 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 basically moving it out of the evolutionary um, niche of uh, efficiency is that uh, we are using that for general public, uh, 
political opinions and not for action. So, um, uh, like theory over action. So if you imagine uh, people in the uh, 13th century, uh, you are a farmer. You don't care for this king or that king. You try to defend your house. You try to defend your field. If the king is asking for too much money, you will ask to the next king or to the bishop or to the Templar knights or to the merchant to, to, to negotiate with you a way to reduce your uh, overall taxation. But you don't have a strong opinion on, on everything which is going on in the world. Uh, mass polarization, mass communication made everybody uh, feel entitled, but also in need of media as well, because I, everything I see on, on social media, I want to have a strong opinion about it, and I feel pleasure into, into exposing this opinion. The problem is that now there is this instinct that in order to be organized, you should always fall into a specific group and other specific hierarchy for efficiency, which does work in, the, in a small group in the battlefield or hunting a mammal, but a mammal, but it doesn't work when you're trying to give your opinion of everything, which is way more complex and way less, uh, and, uh, less prone to be just uh, put in, in, in two uh, alternative, uh, alternative boxes. Uh, so the, the politicization of everything, people that think that they, sh they, they have to choose a party among a couple of parties, basically, for everything. So there is left position, right position for everything. And you should just put yourself in one of the tribes, the mega tribes. So in, in a way, I think it's a problem of scale. Tribe bodies is a, is efficient at small scale where you just blend in with your clan, but it's very inefficient at large scale when you try to recreate a tribe with everybody else on earth about any kind of topic and to fit everything in the, in, in a couple of uh, opposing visions. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those politics and how, how the rules change. Uh, I mean, we cling on to these different political properties, but I have the feeling, especially during the last stages of COVID that the rules were changing all the time and it becomes a part of the mechanism of the virtue signaling mechanism that you can, you know, oh, I'm so good at following this new rule. I'm adapting fast to whatever my overlords tell me, and therefore I'm a good person. Uh, do you think that like in this day and age that the rules change more of, because in my opinion, like what's even more important than sound rules is that the rules don't change. If the rules stay the same, we can always circumvent them or we can always figure out ways to collaborate and, and form, form, uh, you know, bonds between people, uh, because, because we know what tomorrow will bring to the. Rules that don't change, change bring a, a level of certainty, uh, which is which is a very very valuable thing. I mean, certainty is the, in a way, the most valuable thing. Uh, we all speculate about the future when we make. Them. But in in your in your opinion, do you do you think that politics have become more, you know, ever changing and changing faster and faster as 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 time goes by? Yeah, it's a great point, and it's, I think it's very, very true. You made the example of COVID. With COVID, uh, everything was tribalistic since the beginning, but the big, the, but the distribution of topics kept changing. So, for example, at the beginning, one sport, one team uh, was the conservative vibes, which was usually uh, known mainstream in the the, the contrived view, which in this age will be more right wing, 
while the left wing, or so-called, which is more the mainstream, the mainstream political opinion, the, the current political correctness, at the beginning was considering racist, everybody offered concern with the coronavirus, because if you, if you are afraid of Chinese immigrants, you are racist. So there have been a phase in which, uh, like being scared of the coronavirus was uh, something right-wing and conspiracy theory and bad, and being not scared was something virtuous. Then it changed because, uh, because of, of several reasons, but then uh, being not concerned or being rational about, uh, about uh, trying to understand some risk management or any, any kind of analysis of the problem, which is what were not pure panic, was right-wing conspiracy. And the, the, major, the, the majority position was, uh, uh, this is the apocalypse, everybody is dying forever, the, the, the lockdowns are unnecessary, let's, the, let's destroy humanity to, to cure the, the, the flu. But then you had the other way around, because now, for example, I remember when there was the COVID panic, more than now, everybody was dying of COVID. So you have like literally a kid uh, run over by a truck in Italy. So they already tested the poor kid dying. And they ruled he was, he, he had caught, but he was completely symptomatic. And he was counted as, as dead for COVID. So uh, the other party, which included me, were mocking these, like everybody's dying for COVID. Now though, since uh, there are the skepticism about the COVID vaccine, which is pushed by the other side. So now everybody who is vaccinated, who is dying, is clearly dying from the vaccine, which basically the same kind of argument just reflected on the other side which I find sometimes is equally, is equally fantastic because when you have people clearly dying of something else, which is vaccinated, which is reasonable because most of the people are so that your, your sample is completely biased because uh, there is no control, there is no control samples. Uh, people uh, took this experimental drug. So now everybody's dying for that. Or again, I remember in America, when Trump was identified as vaccine man, uh, most of the uh, Democrat Party uh, people were actually fighting against the, the vaccine and something unsafe danger because it was a Trump vaccine. And then it became the OG vaccine, so it was fine. So you have this, 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 this shift, and this shift is the real danger, I agree with you, because uh, if there is, you can, you can stop and analyze, you can form your opinion. If there is changing, then there is a, a, a leadership. So people cannot change idea so fast without delegate the opinion to some opinion cartel. So this is the same problem with pronouns and, and work stuff like that and the political economy. The problem is not that as a principle, we should not use a different pronouns for people or we should not uh, uh, give people the names that they ask. The problem is that it's dangerous if uh, something goes from normally accepted, socially accepted to super offensive and criminal into the, the Spanish two months, and you have to run to keep your stamp updated with the authority about what is offensive today. So uh, there is a lot of misunderstanding about political correctness. The point is not being offensive because it's fun. That's sometimes. That that's sounds, that's a part of the point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for, 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 for uh, satirical uh, comedians, that being offensive is the point. But beyond that, the point is that it's not sustainable that what is offensive changes one month to the other because somebody in some jet set group said that and now we have uh, the, the victor signaling is not changing the problems. The victor signaling is being up to date with the global misfigurement against us so much 
that you can know that you, you brought us necessary before everybody else and you can change everybody else first. So you can change this a lot. It's, it's not about the cost. It's about showing it's again, global form of tribalism. It's showing off that you are delegating your, your judgment to, a, to the mainstream uh, dominant group and you support the current thing. And the current thing is very important because the current thing changed. And maybe it will be the current thing with, uh, I can see painful on my face in which the current thing would be the total opposite of the, of the current thing today. And yeah. the point would be changing with it. Yeah. I think we're with, with Hollywood, you know, with Disney committing franchise for both Star Wars and Marvel, uh, so badly the, the last, last couple of years when there's a female version of every superhero and they don't have to do anything. They're just overpowered instantly. I mean, the backlash against that is becoming quite big and they are losing a ton of money by this woke. So, so I think there's, there is a backlash coming. And, uh, but as you said, I dread that also, because that will just lead to another thing being the offensive thing du jour, like, uh, yeah, maybe we'll go, go back to what gay bashing about, or something. Like, I was not there, but in the seventies under Macartism, everything, which is now mandatory was then forbidden. So yeah. everything that now is like, if you, if you mention the strange uh, sexual revolution theory or uh, no, uh, no new pro US political theory or anything actually, which now, uh, uh the ministry culture, you were completely ostracized on the other way. We may have swings of the pendulum back and that yeah. would not be nice either because probably in the context of the seventies. I wouldn't find myself with a typical no. left-wing liberal of some sort because it would be anti-war, uh, anti-prohibition, and anti-years. So that the point is that we try to stay on 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 concepts, while the the real tribalism is not on concepts; is on themes. That theme against the same tribalism. Uh, it would be better if the pendulum was a metronome than a wrecking ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, so, in a way, probably the, the, the point is to uh, fraction the, the egg. The good solution is to fraction the, the, the wrecking ball. So if you have many small uh, yeah. metronomes that are not enough, so yeah, even metronomes can destroy bridge if they are all in a, yeah. in a resonance, right? Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So very good problem. point. And a wrecking ball can, you, you can reduce the damage somewhat by putting, uh, um, Miley Cyrus on top of it. It has a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a soft. <laughs> hey, Luke, can you tell our listeners a bit more about the consensus network, the platform that this show is on and the publishing house that publishes my books? What is the consensus network, Luke? Thanks, Knut. The Consensus Network is a Bitcoin-only publisher and translator. In other words, translates Bitcoin books into all sorts of languages. Anyone who's interested in translating a book into their language can get in touch with the Consensus Network to help translate and spread the Bitcoin message throughout the world. We have lots of great examples here. Knut's books are some of the most popular on the site. Check out consensus.network or bitcoinbook.shop to see everything that Consensus has to offer. That's bitcoinbook.shop. Use the affiliate code FOOTPRINT for 10% off. Knut, can you tell us about how to get in touch with you and find out more about your stuff and the things that you're involved in these days? 
Yeah, sure, Luke. So I'm at Knut Svanum on Twitter. I also have a website, knutsvanum.com, where you can find all of my books. There's a whole bunch of books. These old two ones, Sovereignty Through Mathematics and Independence Reimagined, are being rehashed into one book that's coming out with a foreword by Prince Philip. I'm also making a wine. I'm not making this wine, but this is a wine bottle with a Bitcoin B on it that you can sign up for on my website. And you can also find all sorts of everything divided merch if you're interested in that. So uh, that's how you support me. I was thinking of something else, like playing the devil's advocate here to get to get the discussion going. Because if there's one thing about the lockdowns and everything and the, the, the draconian policies that surprised me to, in a positive sense was how quickly it disappeared. And I think it... it, uh, it there's a lot of horrid things like people seem to have forgotten about the entire thing and that's not good because of course we should remember how bad it was and what what they did to us as a as a species like these elites just randomly doing all this bullshit against us but uh, you have to accept that that like uh the the, the exit from covid went much more smoothly than any of us had expected, I think, because you had this, this last, last remnants of the lockdowns were rule change, rule change, rule change, everything different in every country and every province even. I, I mean, I was working at the HR department of the offshore company at the moment and just getting people through Germany where they had different rules in different jurisdictions in Germany, in different provinces. It's completely mad. Uh, but but it seemed like the world just snapped out of it. And I, I know because I was traveling a lot during the time and one month, everyone had a mask on in the airport and the next month, no one had. And there was, I think it was when flying back from Miami, uh, you know, when I went to the airport way too early, <laughs> we, uh, um, and no one had a mask on in Miami. Everyone yeah. had a mask on in Madrid. And it's, it's pretty weird. And the next month, no one had it in Madrid either. So, so, so what do you think happened there? What's, what's your like conclusion? The, what, was it like the, the pressure became too much for the politicians? Because to me, that's optimism that, that like, this peer pressure from, from the populations. And I think social media and video calls and, you know, people just talking to one another. Uh, and because we are closer connected. Through social media, everyone on earth is even even politicians are closer connected to to everyone else. So so there is a, a tipping point at some. So, uh, so it's somewhat akin to when the Soviet Union fell. It also just disappeared overnight. Sort of, it's a, a bit of an over exaggeration, but you get what I mean. I I think people can snap out of this mass psychosis formation thing as quickly as they. Uh, or even quicker than they fall into it when, when, when there's enough ridicule or enough like momentum for the other sane side. So I don't have a simple answer to that because I think it's very layered. So from that, so the first layer is, of course, I'm also happy fundamentally that uh, everybody is just uh, forget you mean, people that were ready to spy on the house of their neighbor and, and I call the police on him. Now they're just shaking their hand with the neighbor, just fast. everything is, is, is done. It was just a bad dream. So everybody just waking up from a bad dream of, of basically mass psychosis, uh, which probably one of the characteristics of, of some mass, mass psychosis. I've read that something similar happened to 
uh, stuff like Salem witch trial, and we, everybody was was burning women everywhere. Well, then let's just stop it and people just forget it and send forgive and forgive each other. And maybe even in Germany was similar after Nazis and stuff like that. So there is something which is good because it's, it's also an, an testament to uh, to humanity's uh, ability to overcome tragedies and to just and to just go over stuff. On the other side, though, it's also part of what we were saying before. The point was not really being afraid of COVID. The point was being ready to be conditioned into some kind of uh, fear and some type kind of psychosis. So before it was fear of the racist people against Chinese people uh, because of the virus and was the fear of Trump pushing and say vaccine. Then it becomes fear of COVID. It's things that way for a while. But then like even this must be was not by all and all, but it was all, all, on, all, on, all. And the real virtue signaling was not keeping the mask on. It was lowering when it's cool to have it on and when it's cool to have it off following yeah. the quarantine. So following that's not as optimistic as, because I mean, if the fear is that people will remain into COVID panic forever, that's great at, to see that that's not the case. But if the fear is that something deeper, deeper, which is just that, the, the current deep phenomenon, that's, I, I think that the, the easiness in which they, the, 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 the contrarian order uh, came in and was accepted. It's, it's, it's really like, like a feeling consensus, like the, the, the guy says, let's go there, let's go there, let's go there, let's go there, let's change this, let's change it. But really very fast, which is your previous point. So, uh, if it was one on and one off, uh, end of the night, I would be optimistic, but this keeping changing, I think is not very optimistic. What is good though, is that I don't think the efficiency. So COVID overexpresses this mechanism so much that I think the efficiency of the mechanism is fading. So right now we were supposed to be, uh, all, uh, only party for pushing invasion. Well, I'm against Russian invasion as you are, and we discussed that, but I do not feel, I, I, I didn't buy a, a Russian bank as, as, as I didn't buy comic panic. And most people might maybe after COVID and after realizing the COVID policies were, were a joke, they maybe even have even stronger rejection of the pro Ukraine agenda as consequence, even a testing maybe. So there is some kind of immunization. Uh, so the, 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 the acceleration of this agenda thing is so much that I can feel some, some breakdown of the efficiency in the people. It's like, yeah. they're not so ready to, it's diminishing, right? Yeah. And that's a very positive thing in, in general, like the, a, 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 a skepticism towards what, whatever these institutions say that's very, very sound. And so, so, so do you think like, because the, the Bitcoiners were ahead of the curve a lot during COVID. I mean, I, I remember you and I were on a pod very early on and discussed these things before they were even like a topic for, for, for normal people to discuss. Uh, and, and, and also Saifedean was, was very early in pointing out the absurdities of, of any policies really. And so it felt like Bitcoiners were ahead of the curve. I mean, my personal journey, I was scared shitless in the beginning because of a, a bunch of uh, personal reasons in the family that, uh, uh, and you know, I fell for those videos from China where people were dying on the streets. I mean, that was a very nice psyop. <laughs> Congratulations. 
CCP media. I mean, uh, and everyone fell for it, but, but it felt like Bitcoiners were sort of ahead of the curve in figuring out what was bullshit and what was not. So do you think in like in a, in a similar event in the future, whatever it is, a computer virus, uh, uh, terrorist, some, some natural phenomenon that to be scared of or what, whatever they, they use for a, uh, a, a villain the next time, uh, do you think people, do you think the Bitcoin community actually had, will have some influence on, on normies because they have learned that like, I mean, there was this, this whole hashtag Sanka Maxi thing, uh, I, I realize we're still a very, very small group, but over time, like as time goes by, people should learn that this group of people is usually ahead of the curve in everything. How, how big of, do you think our influence really is? Is it still extremely small or are we gaining some ground here? Maybe not only Bitcoiners, but, you know, consensualists in, uh, in general. What, what's well, your think, For example, let, let's, let's, let's. Let's try to divide the consensualists and libertarians or whatever from Bitcoiners. There is a strong difference. I, I was a libertarian since, since a very long time, but uh, I knew I was contrarian and a losing contrarian. So my, uh, my, my, my personal beliefs and, and logical deduction were against the mainstream, which was going more and more state. So I was losing. My being contrarian was losing position. So I was skeptical about this and that, but I was always proven wrong in the, the in, in the, in the, like, at least in the popularity context sense of the, of the, yeah, yeah. right or wrong. Why with Bitcoin, after a while, while well, you just wait for the cycle, you are a contrarian who is proven right every time, each time. So Bitcoin is going to die, Bitcoin is going down, because, and then you're right. That there will not be inflation because the central banks and everything and product and then inflation. And this shit coin will be different. This time this shit coin will change the part and then shit coin fails. So Bitcoiners and in particular and Bitcoin maxes are right all the time. This gives you certain, well, this gives you a certain, uh, degree of conviction, which is even more than consensualists that maybe know they are logically right, but they keep losing. Bitcoiners keep winning. Which is a more yeah. powerful kind of contrarianism. So uh, it, it creates uh, a lot of strength, a lot of conviction, a lot of maybe some arrogance, and also some, uh, some credibility. Because even the people that would despise me and Bitcoin, they can, they, if they, if they just try not to be forgetful. So if they, if they manage to zoom out from our, uh, argument today into the last five, six, seven years, I mean, if they take out what I've said in 2013, it's very difficult for them to depict me as less credible because I was right on many, many things. So this thing is probably, this fact is not zero and it's compounding. Of course, there is a counter effect that there is like a compensating negative feedback, which is the more we grow, the more we attract people that can be by definition normies. When all the world is made of Bitcoiners, Normies are Bitcoins because Bitcoins are normies. It's, it's just, it's, it's not really though. Not really though. You think it's not neutral. You can change something. But when you, when everybody else realizes that you were right and joins, it's not that they are fundamental psychologies. It's just like yours. You were, you were different. And the reason you were ahead of the curve was because you were different. These are the same. 
and they will be the same even after joining Bitcoin. And the internet changed the world. Everybody joined the internet, but the internet culture is not really, uh, it didn't permeate every single internet thinker out there. And uh, actually, you can have internet users that, that, that we just, uh, uh, they will just uh, glorify internet censorship while on the internet. So uh, we will, I would think that adoption is in trade off with purity. So the more Bitcoin masses will grow being by being right every time, the more there will be some purity um, lost in two senses. One is contamination from normies and one is the people parroting even ours notes, like we can make a very good meme about something. It's still a meme, maybe effective and useful, but it's a meme. And we know it's a meme when we say that. And you will find somebody that separate and parody and that's already phenomenal, which I think is well, that's positive, but in the long run, it can become negative. For example, let's think about, I don't know, some, some memes like, uh, you should not answer to Nigerian princes on email. That's a really good heuristic, and we can make a, 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 a computer security slogan out of that. Don't answer to Nigerian princes. That's a good slogan. That works. It's a very good maximalist slogan. But then, the adventure, you will be in Nigeria. There will be uh, somebody with Nobel origins trying to offer you things like you, and you will use the slogan against him, and it, it will be finally uh, so, non, uh, so. like non-effective. And in this case, it's, you know, you turned a reasonable meme, a meme that was conveying a simple message into something actually wrong in particular cases. I just got a picture in my head of Samson Mao and 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 Philip Karajorovic. In linen costumes, uh, linen suits, landing their private jet in Nigeria to promote Bitcoin, and uh, there's an there's actual prince in Nigeria. That, that, I, I sent you an email. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, the purity thing, though. Uh, I mean, the the kernel of real Bitcoiners, and you can tell when there's a. It, it has some to do with with, you know, proof of work and how long you've been in the space. But you can tell when a person comes onto the scene and it's just pure fire, like like this guy we had on uh, the, the show that premiered today, Angelo Summers. Uh, excellent. He wrote a little book about Bitcoin and he's a young guy, totally brilliant. Same with Luke Broyles we had, uh, we had on the other day also. Took Twitter by storm and now he's everywhere, you know. So, and, and you can tell and... and uh, yeah, Sailor. I know you have your differences with with Sailor, but but still, he he I, turned he out to me. My tweets, so yeah, yeah, he liked your tweets. So your friends, so, so you, but but he uh, very quickly proved to, you know, uh, follow the, and and even even a guy like Bukele, which I'm very conflicted about to be honest, but but uh, but uh, he very quickly changed his COVID narrative just because of the Bitcoiners. Uh, in the beginning, they were very, very harsh on uh, with the COVID yeah. measures, and then he noticed that oh shit, the Bitcoin maxes are saying the opposite, and whole, he just changed 180 there. That's, uh, that's a very good point then, of something which is volatile. So you know, volatility has really pros and cons. Uh, like uh, volatility is bad in general because you need stable rules, but when volatility goes in the right direction, you are happy. So when, when Bitcoin is volatile in this sense, you are happy. So can I change his mind about coronavirus from one day to the other was 
unpredictable, which is not a good thing for regulations, no. but in a very good direction. So what we have to also probably is that uh, the dream of every trader is to just uh, go to strictly one direction, manage third parties. So the problem yeah. with, with Bukele's decision is that I'm afraid that just ends like, easily as he changed coronavirus into freedom, being very brave and very bold about that, he can change it back. And the problem that I would have with somebody like uh, Sailor or Jack Dorsey in the sense of very big, visible guy joining Bitcoin, promoting Bitcoin, is that they can join just as easily as they can push it down again when they change their mind, which is typically in the Elon Musk situation. Elon, yeah. the Bitcoin pusher, and Elon, the Bitcoin dumper. So, yeah, what, what, what comes around quickly can come around quick. So, yeah. Yeah, but Bitcoin is so, it's, it's such a, a, a good antidote to that kind of behavior, though, in the long run, because it, it will prove everyone wrong. Like when, when, uh, for instance, now Trudeau is bashing Pierre Polivier for, for saying that Bitcoin is an edge against inflation. Uh, look at this, it has dropped 80%. That, that statement is not going to age well. Like sooner yeah. or later, yeah. Trudeau is going right. to look like a big, big clown because Bitcoin doesn't care about, about these people or these statements at all. And that's so beautiful. You have this, this thing to anchor everything into now. Like. I just hope that, that, that people remember because like, I, I think that's connected to all these shortened attention spans that people don't remember what the politicians did during COVID. They just, oh, that never happened. We never burned any witches. We never afforded our kids to wear masks and, and, uh, you know. Yeah, really, poor Gigi, it's all a question about time, right? It's really all yeah, yeah. about that. And yeah. Bitcoin and timing. Time. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, Bitcoin fixes timing. That's yeah. there's something there, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe on maybe on but, but it's true. It's, it's true. It's, well, the deeper level of the discussion is really memory and 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 memories of and, uh, and and Bitcoin is based on a metaphor, of course, but Bitcoin is actually stability over time. Yeah, and and that's what changes. Yeah, and and you have an indisputable an indisputable history book that is not, yes. it's not written by the winners. Well, it's win written by the winning minor, you could say, but, but still it's, it's written by what actually happened, what, what, what people actually agreed upon happened. So, uh, and that's, that's a first and that, I mean, imagine when the time chain is 200 years old and we have this thing to anchor everything to. And you can look it up, and of course, the the further away you go from the actual chain, the 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 uh, the 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 less valid the proofs and the evidences become. Because, like, you can say that this happened here, but yeah, but you can't really say you can't really own a, a JPEG, so it, maybe it didn't happen. Uh, but but still, you you have something to anchor things to, which we never had before in that sense. I mean, so so. Bitcoin can stand storm like a fed, like ordinance and inscriptions. There is this storm arriving. Bitcoin yeah. just stay there and you can use Bitcoin yeah, yeah. for a while. Then the storm yeah. goes and everybody forgets and Bitcoin is still there. Yeah. Bitcoin is there. Bitcoin just remains and does its yeah. thing with one block each time yields and the same supply schedule. Sorry, Peter Todd. We will yeah. remain the same forever <laughs> because they already have the t shirts with the. Uh, with 21 million, so we cannot change all the merchandise. 
No, 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 exactly. I love it, by the way, when people point out that it's actually not everything divided by 21 million, it's more like 16 and a half million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Try to mean that. There was a very funny thing. There was one guy uh, writing on Twitter the action correct uh, mathematical formula for the supply schedule with the correct part of the approximation. Yeah. Um, And uh, there was another guy showing the tattoo of the incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's that picture has been around the internet for quite some time now, and it's slightly wrong. Well, what parameter was off? I've, well, it's uh, approximating the continuum. So like 21 million as a, as a continuous asymptote, which is not the case, because yeah, you have uh, the last halving, so there's a lot of approximation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Satoshi's equation. A, a, a very memed version of, of that, a picture of that was wrong. I think it was, it's the N equals 50. That should have been N equals 49 or something that they missed some, some, some parameter in the equation. I don't I remember. Think the parameter which was just approximation. The okay. Okay. Is the BD, uh, below the Satoshi yeah. changes the number because the, the number is lower because the, the last algorithm we just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, ne- it's never 21. That's one which cannot go zero. Okay. So it's not a continuous equation. So the oh, number is wrong. No, yeah. Finally, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I believe that there was something wrong with the, the, so the like meme, memed version of the actual Satoshi equation, that someone got the equation wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, even in the white paper, there was there were mistakes in Satoshi's calculation. Not about the supply, okay. because the white paper is not discussing the supply. But all for right. example, the, all the calculation about the probability of attack are probability of, 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 of uh, reorg were slightly wrong. So there was a South American mathematician that corrected all the calculation. But all still right. good enough to be still right. And uh, of course, deliberate on Satoshi's behalf because he was a neighbor man, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Infallible. Uh, well. Uh, I know you need to go, Giacomo. This has been a yeah, fascinating discussion. Really yeah, I will I could go on for hours, but I, yeah. I, but I can't. Yeah, and it's always good to catch up with you. And we, we'll see each other in Bergen, Norway soon, I believe. Yeah, uh, so the, the, the logistics of that is tricky. We can tricky, but I am contact with Eric. I will do whatever I can for as long yeah. as I can. Do, do you know that at Gardemoen Airport, you can buy 50 grams of uh, dried fish snacks for 59 Norwegian kroner? Well, that changes everything. So yeah, uh, of, course it, just, of course it does. Of course it does. And uh, I need to tell you how much a 59 Norwegian kroner converts to in euros or sats. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what else? I had something on my tongue. Uh, yeah, we'll be forced to go to a rave, I'm afraid, where we have to listen to music that we might have to take a pill in order to enjoy. Uh, yes, yeah, which, you know, there's a job by somebody else. <laughs> Maybe we should lead some of the Bitcoiners up to the church that got burned down by the black metal musician instead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I want to see that. I want to see that. Okay, uh, we're going. Well, what's he called? Greven or something. Yeah. Pantof uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I was talking about the black metal guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vargvikernes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I named my dog after him. Yeah. Uh, remember not to take take these stories too literally. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
That's uh, my advice to black metal heads. Yeah, okay. there we go. It's fine. <laughs> my culture in this field is all derived from this uh, Italian, uh, like uh, ironic uh, manure steel. They make these uh, ironic songs that said, what, 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 I love, I love yeah. it. I love, I love that oh, yeah, song yeah. in particular. And they've got a few other good ones, like, uh, yeah, some, was... something hallelujah or whatever, like, uh, but, yeah. But, hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, <laughs> great one. one. Yeah. Which is full of also of Nordic mythology references and, uh, Hebrew mythology, uh, Hebrew references, because it's a blend between hallelujah and banana. Uh, so you, new to, you have to, you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the one, the, the, uh, the, the Norwegian reggaeton. No, yeah. Norwegian reggaeton metal. I would thing. link you. Yeah, link yeah. yeah. So I've so seen it before work. because you've, you've, uh, you've linked them before. I love them. I, I keep did feeling you? that. I keep feeling that they're great. They're great. Yeah. Luke, <laughs> did you see the one I, I shared with, uh, a song called holding on to black metal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a little different. <laughs> yeah, that's a little different. It's a bunch of hippies from somewhere in South Carolina or something that, that are singing about their youth and how they still hangs on to his old black metal records. And it's a very soulful song. It doesn't sound like black metal at all, but it's a pretty good song. Perfect. Well, hey, Giacomo, thanks a lot for coming on. This was a banger. Absolutely. So yeah. Thank you guys. Let's do it again. So. Yeah, okay. yeah, let's let's uh, make it a, a regular. And we'll see you soon. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see you soon, Giacomo. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Uh, I guess this has been the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> it has. That's how we ended it. It has. <laughs> see you next time. Arrivederci. <laughs>